Welcome to Alter Everything, a podcast about data science and analytics culture. My name is Maddie Johansson, and I'm on the community team at Alteryx. While at our Inspire EMEA conference in Amsterdam, I got to sit down with one of our customers, Lauren Sparks. I'm Lauren Sparks. I'm a senior manager in the international tax team at Expedia Group, so the kind of global travel platform. Um, I've been with them for kind of two and a bit years, based in London which is nice. And before that, I was at PwC. But yeah, using Alteryx is a big part of my job, which I love. Lauren is passionate about enabling her team with Alteryx at Expedia Group, and she has a bunch of great tips for how you can land your own Alteryx license, enable your teams, and help build a culture of learning at your organization. Let's get started. I would love for you to share with our audience your career journey, because as you said, Alteryx is a big part of your role at Expedia. Yeah, sure. So um, I started off my career at PwC. So I started as a school leaver, which just meant I didn't want to go to university. So I was with them for six years in the end. And that's the first place that I saw Alteryx. I think PwC, like especially in the UK, got behind it quite early on, it seems. So they were like licenses for everyone and training for everyone. So I saw it briefly there and was like, it's awesome. (laughs) I love it. And then went on a secondment to Expedia. So I was still at PwC, but helping out on the Expedia team. And that was about 10 months. And with secondments, you always say, I promise I'll come back. And then if a job offer comes, (laughs) often people stay. So Wait, sorry, what is that? So a secondment is like where you are you feel like you're working for Expedia. You are literally, you're going to their office, you're uh-huh. in their team, but you're still employed by PwC. So it's oh. kind of like a short term, like to help with staffing issues. It could be like if they've got someone off on leave, then they might get someone in. Okay. Or if they've just got like resource constraints, they might just say as a kind of stopgap, let's just get someone like from the big four. Okay, okay. And yeah, it's often short term. So it was meant to be six months. So then we extended it and then a job came up and I... Had, it really surprised me actually how much I loved it because if you're in big four, you can't imagine what being in a client is like being in-house, mm. just this complete different kind of world. And I had some preconceptions that weren't actually right in the end in like a good way. So I, yeah, really enjoyed it. Decided I wanted to stay. I think after six years, it's nice to have a change. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty early on when I'd actually moved there properly, permanently, I was involved in a piece of work that I just thought Ultrix would be perfect for so I was like just bugging my bosses like please can I get a license I've used it before I know I can do it um and they were really receptive so they said yes and that's where it all started yeah 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 no that's great and you do your focus is in finance is that right yes I'm in the tax team which is part of finance yeah okay cool um so given your time in the finance analytics and finance world how have you seen the industry evolve so I think the funny thing is finance is still really like excel based I think because Mm -hmm. it's so numbers like Mm -hmm. there's so much data and a lot of people excel just is their default right like it's how people have shared data for ages and it was perfect for a long time but I think there's just this recognition that not everything should be in excel anymore and maybe finance has been a little bit late to the curve on that I don't know whether that's a reflection of often outsourcing some of the work that you do so it's not like directly your problem that a lot of things are in excel but yeah there's just lots of excel lots of manual stuff copying and pasting no one wants to do that super dull so they definitely are recognizing that and even when I was in pwc there was this recognition so like one of the teams I was in was all about talking to tax functions about like how you can improve and how you can get better. And automation was like such a 
key part of that and clients were really like receptive and wanted to do it so it definitely has been changing like everyone's on kind of a journey with it different maturities and things like that but yeah yeah. totally and then yeah I feel like also speaking of the efficiency can you also speak to the kind of post-covid world there's been a bigger push for that data literacy yeah I think post-covid a lot there's just a lot of pressure on your budgets right especially Mm -hmm. like in the finance world we're not kind of making money for the company we're not we don't have a revenue stream we're supporting the company so Mm -hmm. I think if you don't have revenue coming in then there's always going to be this like focus on how much you're costing the business which kind of there should be but I think even more so after COVID companies are struggling we're a travel company obviously it wasn't ideal during COVID like a lot of groups struggled for different reasons during the pandemic and there's lots of kind of macro factors that are just going to keep happening that's what it feels like at the moment like cost of living that might affect travel so I think that puts a lot of pressure to make sure that these kind of support functions like finance is are just really efficient super lean so are we spending time on the right things basically and are we adding value for the company or are we just sat there in excel Mm -hmm. like typing that's not an efficient use of people's time especially if you're paying people in expensive locations you can do that elsewhere you can automate it so yeah that makes a lot of sense and in trying to make everything efficient I feel like just having that creative mindset is very important so I'd love to hear how you used your creativity to be a great problem solver with Alteryx and how the creativity in general has helped your career yeah I love like that's the side of using Alteryx that I really love like it is so different to my day-to-day job in tax like problem solving is just really fun for me it's like a little challenge to to solve and I know not everyone likes it but me personally I just I find that stuff really interesting and really rewarding when you solve something and you get it right and then you can see it being implemented that's a really nice feeling to know that you're making that change and things are different as a result of kind of what you've done so yeah Ultrix has been a massive part of that So when you started at Expedia, you mentioned that you were asking your manager, like, can I have this license? I've used it before. Do you have any tips for folks who you think would benefit from Alteryx and are trying to also secure a license? Maybe they have a license and then they want like the person next to them on their team to also have one. What are some tips that were helpful for you in having that conversation with your manager? Yeah, so for me, I think because I had a really like tangible use case at that point and the added challenge was that this was like a brand new requirement that we hadn't done before. So it wasn't something that we were already doing, but just really manually, it's something that we hadn't even done. And we had just crazy time pressure. You get this in finance all the time, but we had one day that we had to turn this around for our analysis. And I was just like, it's physically not possible the amount of work we have to do, even if I spend 24 hours, it's not going to get done. So something had to happen because it was like, this isn't feasible. We're not going to be able to do it. So I think that was quite an easy sell (laughs) for me, which was good. But I think for people, if it's them trying to get a license for themselves and maybe they're the first person in their team or their company trying to do it, I think pushing forward for it, getting a trial because Mm -hmm. you can get your 30 day trial, maybe pick something that's pretty straightforward for you to do in Ultrix and if you've built it then you can show it and I think for a lot of people they just need to see something that relates to their job to get it and Mm -hmm. I think as soon as you show someone something that's relatable to them in Ultrix like it's the easiest sell in the world Mm -hmm. (laughs) they can see really like clearly how beneficial it is so that's often just the first step and I think if you're thinking about wider 
use or trying to get more and more licenses. So we actually had a big training push, which we did with Ultrix in the UK. They actually came in for us and did that training. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that training, we had a list of use cases and time savings that we were expecting. So as soon as you can say the time that we're going to save outweighs the cost of this license, then your bosses aren't going to push back. Like right. It's silly for them too. Yeah. And you helped organize that training. Can you share just like more of what that kind of entailed? Yeah. So I got a message like out of the blue from someone at Ultrix basically saying, like they were the account rep at the time, just saying, hey, like we can see that you have a license. Like we'd love to just talk about what you're doing with it. So I had that call and they were the one to suggest, you know, some training, some support that they could give us. And I was like, yeah, because I think the challenge that I had in my team was because I was using it. I was able to solve a few things, but I'm only one person and I did still have my day job, right? So I can't spend 100% of my time on it. So it was a bit frustrating just generally like for my team as well, because we were getting all these good ideas, like we can solve this in Ultrix, that in Ultrix, but we couldn't like unlock things. We couldn't get that started. It was quite slow progress when it's just me. So yeah, we went through that kind of training program it was amazing because we got we have a NDA with Ultrix so we could just use like something real we were doing so we could say here's our excel process currently and they just built that out in a workflow with us week by week so again to that point of having something relatable something that you can see you're like I know that data I get that all the time Mm -hmm. I think just helps people contextualize so yeah we just kind of went ahead with it (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, there was no kind of like big push it was more just someone's reached out to me I think it would be a good idea like why not basically. yeah yeah totally and he said that I think you mentioned too that you coordinated that for EMEA and then that training has filtered into other offices is that right yeah it's evolved from there so I think because the EMEA was almost like a little trial right, right I guess, yeah. because we got to the end of that and we had all this kind of all these use cases we had more licenses I think we got five off the back of that And because we could show like this is beneficial and people really liked it, we had like really good feedback from that training. Our global tax team then decided to roll something out just for everyone globally. So led from the US, again with Ultrix, like a very similar setup. So that was much broader. And again, we got like lots more licenses off the back of that. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, okay, we've done it for tax, but surely there's other kind of finance teams that would be able to use it we're all solving like pretty similar-ish things just the subject matter might be a bit different Mm -hmm. so we then in EMEA showed it to like our accounting friends in London and they were like oh my god we love it (laughs) so then they had some training so I think it's very much like spreading across the department and it's all kind of word of mouth which is nice someone might be in a just having a coffee with someone and saying oh yeah we're using Ultrix for xyz and then that person might just say that that sounds really interesting and they want to chat so it's happening like more and more yeah yeah for sure and you mentioned like the accounting team and as you just said the having a coffee with somebody and then explaining it and then they're sharing what they're using it for can you share any ways in which people are using it uh yeah we've got like lots of different use cases which I think is good because it just shows like it's not just applicable for one or two things. There's lots of Mm -hmm. different things that you're doing. So a lot of finance is just repetition, right? You do something like monthly or quarterly or daily. And a lot of processes are really structured. Like we get financial data in that's always in a set format. So that's quite helpful for Ultrix because we're not having to deal with lots of like rubbish data. (laughs) So it might be things like forecasting. Mm. It might be like journal entries, doing actual tax calculations for some things. So yeah, lots of different 
yeah. in these cases. Yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. And what's your favorite Alteryx tool or trick or like use case, I guess? Maybe it's like forecasting or something that's had a big impact for you or your team. Yeah. So good question. This literally just was like part of my session just now. Awesome. Um, there's some tools called the Blob Tools, which I always say are my favorite, partly because of the name, because I just think it's amazing. Yeah. You have like Blob, um, <laughs> but mostly because of the cool stuff that they can do. So we have a big challenge sometimes where we have to report out in a quite structured way. And that's most of the time in Excel, right? Lots of people know Excel and that's how we share things across the organization. And those Excel files are really formatted, not doesn't lend itself great to just like a raw data output from Ultrix. There might be like header rows or like sign off rows, you know, lots of different things in there. And I think often when people get started on Ultrix, they don't actually realize that you can output to things that are so structured and fixed. So people will do all these cool workflows, but then still get some kind of like raw data at the end and then spend time still fitting that in to these like Excel files that they need to use. So it takes a tiny bit of magic but once you do it once with the blob tools you are just like this is transformational for me because like now I fix the whole process I'm not just fixing like that front bit yeah I'm doing kind of end to end and I just get my output and I send that off yeah oh cool I feel like I don't hear about the blob tool as much (laughs) as I want to you know I feel like that's it sounds very impactful for you that's really cool they the icons are really sweet as well they look like little pac-men yeah yeah oh that's (laughs) awesome Yeah. And so you mentioned your session um, earlier today. So for our audience, we are recording in Amsterdam at Inspire and Lauren had a breakout session. Can you tell us about what you talked about during that session? Yeah, sure. My session, probably pretty similar to stuff I'm saying on this podcast. It was all about my personal experience with Ultrix and how we're using it in Expedia, like in my role in tax and how I just think that the finance profession in general, so regardless of what industry you're in or if you're an advisor or if you're in-house, the Ultrix is like really helpful and there's so much use case in finance just generally. So that was it. I guess it was more of a, compared to a lot of the other sessions at Inspire, which are really technical and here's how you do this really cool Mm. thing in Ultrix. It was a bit more just storytelling. Like, how have I found it? What's my learnings? What's gone wrong? And what, like, how can you learn from that? So yeah, we did also have a tiny little demo of that blob thing as well which I love it was fun but yeah it was kind of a bit more kind of high level yeah um, that's great and with the learnings and just like being really open to you seem very open to change and like very open to trying something out and then learning from it if it doesn't work out totally correct I think that's just a really obviously important quality to have but you also seem like a really big go-getter and I feel like those two qualities really go together like you are a go-getter and you're willing to try things out you have a breakout session you're doing this podcast you went after all tricks and you got it but then tying that with you know trying things out making mistakes seeing how things work I'm just curious if you have any advice or um, anything to say about that because I feel like it's those are two like I said I think good qualities that I, I think a lot of our listeners also have one of our big things that we like to talk about on the podcast is just like failure and failing and trying things and that's the nice thing about all tricks is that you can try things out and if you mess it up then you can always change it and it's fine so yeah I just wonder if you have any thoughts on that yeah I think I don't know whether it's just me being lucky in the teams that I've been in or the companies but for me there's always been space for that if you're keen so I think it's just about finding that room and just pushing forward for things like maybe it's just a reflection of 
me not wanting a really stable, like same, samey job. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like, you know, the challenge and things that are different. That's just what keeps me like personally, what keeps me interested and excited about yeah. my job. The fact that it's changing all the time and I can look at lots of different things. And failing is part of it. Like things go wrong and you learn from it. But again, I think kind of if you're in a team where you have that kind of support and trust and that's something that you have to work on, right? You have to build that up. But once you have that, then you shouldn't really be scared of failing because the alternative is just you don't improve things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we just need to like not be scared, have a culture of try, get it wrong, be open about it, but then just try again or let us know what you need to get over that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned too, you enjoy looking at different things, working on different projects, being creative. And I think that so many of our customers also have that desire. Do you feel like with Alteryx, you can obviously automate tedious tasks so you don't have to do those like boring copy pasting like you mentioned earlier, but how has Alteryx opened up more space and time in your schedule to allow for that creative thinking? Yeah, so for me, like the time savings from stuff that I didn't want to do before, I'm now able to channel back into more stuff in Ultrix, right? Like I think that's different to maybe my colleagues who aren't Ultrix users. The benefit that they're getting from that time saving is to be able to do other things. But for me, because I love Ultrix and that side, I'm just like, that's the thing that I'm pushing to do more and more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that <laughs> makes like, a lot of sense. <laughs> no, totally. And, well, and, and you mentioned too, um, being a senior manager, and working in tax and finance have you always did you know that you wanted to have this career or what did you want to be when you were a kid I did to be completely blunt and honest it's not I was really guns blazing I want to do tax yeah for me my decision I guess like my decisions were quite practical right so at the end of college I was like I know I don't want to go to university mm -hmm. I just had my own thoughts of why it just wasn't going to be for me mm -hmm. Because I already knew that, I then looked at industries that had alternative routes because I also didn't want that to be a blocker for progression, right? I didn't want to end up in a job where I'd have this ceiling, like, because I'm not a graduate, mm -hmm. I can't get any further. And I was always very, like, numbers and not words in school. So I loved maths, like, absolutely loved maths and hated anything to do with writing. So because I knew I was numbers, I was like, okay, accounting in general, like the big four accounting firms offer these school leaver routes and they're very like data numbers so that seems to tie into what would suit me yeah and then the decision for tax was just I guess more of like a interest point because at the time still now I think it's just happening all the time but there's so much attention on tax and there's big mm -hmm. like news headline grabby stories about tax so like I think there's a lot of interesting kind of challenges about working in tax because of the perception and because of all this kind of like news around it mm -hmm. so that was really my decision yeah but yeah my career has taken on loads of different <laughs> kind of routes I did I was in lots of different kind of teams in PwC or not lots but a few different teams doing slightly different things and then ended up in a kind of corporate tax role which I didn't necessarily know I was gonna do so yeah I think I'm just quite yeah I'm openish to change I think yeah I just don't want to get stuck in one yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. it's probably what's led me here to be honest no I think that's such a healthy mindset to have and it also obviously opens up doors and you don't know exactly where it will lead you but that's yeah. a really great mindset to have any final tips for folks looking to 
build their career in analytics. Get Alteryx. <laughs> Obviously, not been paid to say that. Yeah, no, I think just going back to what I said earlier, just just push for it, right? Everyone, I think, recognizes that this is a really important skill to have. Like no profession or industry is going to not want someone who is amazing with data and analytics. That's such a valuable skill. So I think people who are interested in that have a really amazing opportunity to get what they want. Basically, find something that interests them and a company that interests them and just go for it. I think there's no shortage at the moment of wanting that as a skill. Yeah, Yeah. that's great advice. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren, for joining this episode. This was so fun to talk to you and get to know you more. Cool. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening. Check out the episode description for a link to a free Alteryx trial and other resources for getting started. You can also join in on the conversation on the Alteryx community at community.alteryx.com slash podcast. Catch you next time.